live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio, the professional contributors. That's the show now, and we are appreciating um, Coach Joe Kendry for stopping by Never Had It So Good and Where Are They Now show at 6.30 p.m. Let me welcome in my co-host, Duck Riley, and also Tim Moore. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing fine, Princess. Doing well, Princess. You try to get me in trouble. You you tell me some, <laughs> some, some Duck Riley story. Tim, you see how she do me right well, yeah, that's a phrase right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He said he has some dirt on the duck. You got that's a phrase oh, yeah. right there. We got to get that on something. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look. First of all, he talking about fifteen dollars. Well, other people was getting twenty, so I was shortchanged. <laughs> <laughs> I want my five dollars. <laughs> what were you doing with fifteen dollars? Fifteen dollars. Wow. Wow. We could go to the corner store and get some one cent candy and bubble gum. Yeah, can't do that now, for sure. Oh, my okay, goodness. Okay, <laughs> Tim, I don't know about Tim, but on Sundays they stopped feeding you, so we were putting them pennies <laughs> together, Princess, so we could go to McDonald's. See, I should yeah. I, I should have a franchise by now. Yes, sir. No, there, there was a McDonald's in West Virginia? Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Especially in Morgan. Tim pal. got it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ain't messing with you, Francis. <laughs> All right, let's welcome in. I think this is Will Harris. Will Harris, how are you, sir? Good evening. How's everyone doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. Thank you for being on. Oh, and the only other one on right now is a tall, light-skinned brother. I've been waiting to talk to you. How are you, sir? I'm good. What's up, fam? Glad to be here. <laughs> great. Glad great. To be Hold here. on. <laughs> Right there, Carlos Bradley. How are you, sir? I'm good, good, good to be with you all. Good to have you on. All right, this is the crew right now, Doc. Go ahead. Hey, no telling where Doc, Doc, uh, Tim, you ain't passed Doc on your travels, did you? If he's in the country. Between Doc and Tim, they got some, shoot, they got some mileage going now. They sure do. All right, we're going to start off. Carlos, give me a little open mic. What what we got going on, Carlos? Well, I'm I'm concerned. Like the NFL with the the fight against running backs. Like I I don't really get this whole thing because I mean football. The basic nature of football. It was, you know. It came from rugby. There were scrums, the whole, all of that stuff. It was the running game, and then the forward pass was developed. So to take the running game away, it seems almost, you know, it just seems bad for the game of football. And I'm looking at games this week, and I'm looking at the Eagles with two minutes left in the third quarter, running the ball, controlling the clock till eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. So the Rams only had the ball three times in the second half. 
okay? That's controlling the clock. That's controlling the game. That's dominating the game. So why would you want to minimize or take that out of the game? I don't understand that. Okay. Tim, open mic. Tim, what you got for us? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I was just I was listening to a little Waylon and Willie. Uh, uh, what was the question? Oh. Up? <laughs> oh, my God. oh. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh my God. Yeah. Mario Cristobal. <laughs> Mario Cristobal. What in the world was he thinking at the end of that Miami game? I mean, all he had to do was kneel, and the game was over. And they end up fumbling, and then they let the let the receiver get behind the defense on the next very next play and lose the game. That, that he did the same thing at Oregon me. one time. He did the same thing at Oregon. That's what I heard. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Hey, Tim. Hey, Tim. I'm sorry. I'm pretty- Go get you. <laughs> Tim, Tim, I just want you to know, as much as I go to church, I'm too petty to let that one fly. Okay. So you I'm letting you know now. <laughs> yes. Oh, be waiting for you know what? Field. There it is. I'm keeping receipts, Tim. You're not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, I will open mic. What you got for us, Will? Yeah, the Chicago Bears. I mean, Justin Fields put together two back-to-back uh, games with uh, multiple touchdown passes. Looks like he's getting some chemistry with DJ Moore. We're gonna finally see a turnaround for Justin Fields. So stay tuned. Okay. All right, uh, Princess. Open mic. <laughs> Um, and, and let me go ahead and welcome in Doc. Doc, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I apologize for my tardiness. Yeah, Doc already talked talked about you. I'll text you and let you know what he said. It, it, it wasn't. <laughs> sure it wasn't. <laughs> um, don't do that. Exactly. I, I have several things here, Doc. I think the Jones brothers need to be um, sidelined put on the bench, and that's Mac Jones and Daniel Jones. Um, I was sad to see the New York Nathaniel Hackett's win. I really did not want that to happen, but Sean Payton looked really concerned. Um, and Aaliyah Boston is now going to be a studio analyst for NBC and Big Ten Women's Basketball. Congratulations to her. And I'm praying for Emmanuel Mosley, who came back his first game back after tearing his left ACL, and his first game back, he tears his right ACL. So praying for Manuel Mosley with Detroit Lions. That's what my open mic, Duck. I'm getting you, Tim. I can't let okay. that stand. Yeah. <laughs> I just got a quick question before I call on Doc and, and, and Larry. Francis, what, what, what does Dion, does he think he's fooling us by changing the left tackle number from 78 to 69. <laughs> I'm, asking for, I'm asking for a premium. I talked to Dion, and he said, quit calling them out. It's your fault. Okay. So they, okay. they have changed his right. numbers, and he tried to distract you with the gold, you know, mask on, on, on the – 
um, on the helmets, but that didn't do it. Same guy, different number. There you go. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Doc, open mic. What you got for us? Well, I was going to talk about the Miami game, but I already heard someone mention that. So um, I guess I'll pivot. I I guess, you know, the demise of the uh, the New England Patriots, I know there was, uh, you know, thoughts – previous that whether it was Belichick or whether it was Brady and I think uh I think I don't think the jury's out anymore. I think it's I think it's Brady. I mean they their offense is putrid and I know they've lost some guys on defense so they've they've really fallen off. So it'll be interesting to see like how long he kinda holds on with he will Belichick like retire early. I know he's trying to catch Shula with the number of wins but it might take him another ten years to get to those wins. So I guess we'll see. Well, uh, coming to you, Larry, and, and you heard uh, Princess talk about the Jones brothers. I was just wondering if Russell Wilson had changed his name to Russell Jones. But yeah. go ahead, Larry. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a really good fit up there. Mine's, mine's a little different, and I, I, I was listening to the thread a little, a little earlier, and it's, uh, it's the Michigan State, uh, you know, fiasco that's going on. And yeah. I just want to keep in mind that – you know, X-Files. I, I, no, I'm just going to touch on it real quick. That Robert Kraft, you know, actively sought out what he sought out. Daniel Snyder actively did what he did to those women. And Tucker seems that there was some entrapment, which is illegal. And I'm not, you know, clearing him of anything. Um, but there just is a huge double standard in this world. Yeah, we can get deeper into that later. Doc, can I just say, oh. Bernie Mac says two minutes. Mel Tucker took 36. Okay. <laughs> Strong man. <laughs> I know, and, and that would freeze you, and that would freeze you every time. But anyway, uh, okay. <laughs> wow. uh, I'm going to stay with you, Larry. Now, yeah. now I don't want your top five college football teams. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I have not been impressed with, with Georgia yet this year. Um, watching them play, and, and I know that they're loaded, but they've not blown anybody out. Um, that I've seen in Ohio State, somewhat of the same. Yet right now, and I've never put them at number one. I got Michigan at number one. Um, they're probably so far the most consistent. Penn State scares me with their quarterback play, although a little better than last year. I got Georgia at number two uh, because of what they can do. Florida State is on the up. Oklahoma has jumped into the top uh, five for me, followed by Penn State. And... Okay. Uh, let's go back to you, Doc. Who's your top five? Yeah, I think Georgia must have heard us talking about that about some of these last few weeks. Uh, I, I thought that Kentucky game was going to be a good game, but really it wasn't. So I, so I got Georgia number one. I got Michigan number two, Florida State three. Penn State four, and then Washington at five. Okay, Carlos, what you got for us? Yes, sir. I got Ohio State at one. I got Georgia at two. I have Penn State at three. I have Michigan at four. And I have Florida State at five. Okay, all right. Tim, what you got for us? I've got uh, got Georgia at number one still. Uh, I was shocked that Texas lost. I'll, I'll be honest about it. Um, but they dropped out. Uh, Florida State number two. 
uh, Penn State number three, Washington number four, and then Michigan moving into my top five. Okay, Princess. I have Michigan at one, Georgia two, Penn State three, Washington four, Ohio State, and FSU at five. I, I guess I just cannot not just talk about FSU. It's killing me. But they're five B. Okay. Will, your top five. Yeah, I'm gonna keep uh Georgia at number one. I'll go Michigan number two. Florida State number three, Ohio State I'll put at number four, and I'll put Oklahoma at number five. Okay. For the record, I'm the only one pick Oklahoma, so anyway. Uh, I picked them. Okay. <laughs> Who else picked them? I, yeah, I picked them. Little brother. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, Will, I'm going to stay with you. Pretenders or contenders? Alabama? Louisville, JMU. I'll say Alabama is a contender. I think uh, something about benching Jalen Milrose just made him go off the past couple of weeks. He's starting to look like he's developing into a good starting quarterback. They got some tough games coming up at that setback at Texas, but I think they're still well within the mix in that SEC conference. As far as Louisville, I think I have to put them as a contender now. They had a big win this past uh, Weekend over Notre Dame, so I think they'll definitely contend for the ACC. Maybe not on the national level, but I mean they're definitely in play for that conference. Then same with JMU. I mean they're five and zero. I mean Virginia is not kind of having a down year, but they beat an ACC team. So I think they're still at a contender, but at their conference level, not on a national nationwide level. Okay, uh, Princess, pretenders are contenders. Um, not to offend Coach Joe Pentry in Tuscaloosa, but um, I, I think Alabama is is um, a pretender. It, I don't think they're even a contender in, in um, their their conference. I, I think they'll go down um, at Tennessee, and Lord, it hurts my heart to say that. Um, and even though LSU can't play um, any defense, I think LSU is going to score on them. And then I think even Kentucky has an opportunity, and Auburn, Alabama is always a good game. So I'm going to make them a pretender right now. Louisville um, convinced me. I thought this would be a tough game for Notre Dame to win, and Louisville looked really good and fast and and organized. And then the last one was was JMU. If we're just talking about conference, yeah, they're contenders, but no one's looking at at, at James Madison on the on the national level at all. So pretender. Okay, uh, Larry. Yeah, I, you know, some of what Princess I want to just, you know, tag team with. The, I'm not sure that even though Milroy showed some, some excitability and he can get that, that team moving, I don't see a consistent football team with Alabama yet. they yeah. got to run a gauntlet in order to continue to, you know, be in the, the top five there or whatever to make the playoffs. So, yeah, uh, Alabama's probably falling out. I've got them as uh, pretenders. Louisville, we talked about this earlier. Louisville is full of athletes, um, and they're putting together a nice program down there. But they've got a nice program down there. Jake Plummer, quarterback, is playing extremely well. And James Madison is doing a great job coming from where they came to where they are right now, out on a national level, but is building a heck of a program. I like what they're doing, but that would be more on a conference level. Okay, uh, Tim. Yeah, Duck, I uh I, I think Alabama's a contender. 
uh, I think they're they're putting things together, getting better each week, uh, winning close games. Um, so I, I would call them a contender. Uh, I'd also call Louisville a contender. Uh, you know, I, I don't think they're going to make the Final Four. But I think they may have something to say with who wins this ACC. Um, they looked really good against uh, what I thought was a very good Notre Dame team this week. Uh, and it didn't look to be fluky. It wasn't just big plays. They put pressure on their quarterback like I haven't seen anybody do all season. Ohio State didn't put that kind of pressure on, uh, on Notre Dame's quarterback. And uh, so I think they're a contender as well. JMU in their conference, I'd agree with everybody else, but not on the national scale. All right, Carlos. All right. Um, I look at Alabama as a contender. Um, A lot of talent. They're still fighting hard. I think they're putting it together offensively. And, uh, but I think they're definitely in the running. Uh, Louisville, um, I would consider them a, a contender also. They showed some really good speed, overall team speed. Defensively, they showed good speed. Um, I think they exposed Sam Hartman. I think they, uh, you know, they got three yeah. interceptions. I think it showed some things that he didn't or couldn't do um, in a pro set style offense, which is what he wanted to play in. So I think he got exposed a little, but I think Louisville is definitely a contender. And James Madison, I mean, they've done a great job coming up like they had. They're 5-0. and But I'm going a, I'm to a say they're a pretender at this time. I think Coastal Carolina and some other teams will prevail out of that conference. Okay, uh, Doc. Um, so, you know, after the Texas loss, you know, I wasn't sure if, if Bama was still one of the top teams, but um, I think they found something in Jalen Milrow over the past couple of weeks and um, maybe even emerged another Bama receiver, you know, the ones that they've had all the, all along with Jermaine Burton, you know, the big game, you know, nine balls, 197, two tugs. And then, so, you know, St. Nick's always going to have a decent defense. So uh, I got them as a contender. Louisville, I think I said a couple of weeks they were a pretender, but I have new information with their big win um, against Notre Dame <laughs> on Saturday. So I'm going to make them a contender. I think Plumber's steady. Juan Jordan's a good back. And uh, their def- as, as Carlos said, their defense flies around, and they harassed Hartman all day. Um, as far as JMU, I still hold to them being a pretender nationally. And maybe a contender in the conference. Um, quick commentary on the Dukes. It, you know, it's, it's a, I think it's a bad look by the NCAA that, you know, they filed a waiver to be bowl eligible from moving up um, from transition from FBS, and it was denied. And But they've been playing well over the past couple of years, so I'm not sure why they, they won't let them play in the bowl. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Good information, Doc. I, I thought we were going to have to go to Alexa's on you, but all right, good good information. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna stay I'm gonna stay right with you, uh, Doc, because I want to know what did you thought about your thoughts on that Maryland and Ohio State game. So, you know, Maryland kept it close in the first half, um, but honestly, I never thought they were going to win. I think Ohio State's beaten them like the last eight times or something like that. And, you know, sometimes you just have confidence over a team. So I kind of figured they weren't going to, um, you know, pull it out. And I think 
you know, they messed up in the beginning for in the first half at the end, not getting any points. So I don't know what Talia or whatever his name is was was thinking, but um, you know, Ohio State they ultimately prevail. Okay, uh, Will Maryland o- OSU. I thought Maryland outplayed them for a good part of the first half and um, part, yeah. partly into the second half. But I think, you know, you, when you play a team like Ohio State and you're trying to pull the upset, you just can't turn the ball over and make it easy on them like that. I thought Tago Valoa threw a pick six in the first half that was deadly for Maryland, and he came back and threw another interception in the second half. And I think those turnovers are kind of what ended up dooming them for the game. I think the score was a lot misleading. I thought it was a lot closer game than that, but it just came down to turnovers. I think if they did a better job protecting the football, they might have had a chance to win it at the end. Okay. Uh want to go to you, Carlos. Uh, Maryland, OSU. Um, well, you know, Mer- Ohio State has been playing and winning, but like Georgia, not just dominating totally, but I like I put them at number one because they have consistently been beating people 10, 20 points, something like that. But in this game, I think it went the same way. With the turnovers, they, you know, they had the 20-point win. They looked like a solid team. I think Marvin Harrison, Jr., it should be the front runner for the Heisman. He's just an outstanding receiver, eight catches uh, in the game the other day and a touchdown. Um, but Maryland, you know, like Will said, with the turnovers, you can't do that against a stronger team. You have to play almost perfect. So, once again, Ohio State prevails. Okay. Uh, by the way, uh, Carlos, where is where's uh, Marvin Harrison from? Philadelphia. Okay. All right. Went to Roman Catholic High like his father. <laughs> And then he graduated from, um, uh, what's the name of it? St. Joe's Prep. St. Joe's Prep. Okay. All right. We we just want to know, and, and where are you from, uh, Carlos? <laughs> I'm from Philly, but I'm saying, who looks like the front runner? I mean, number one receiver in the nation, and he, and he, he, he hasn't looked bad at all. You know, he's been just Carlos. as good a decoy as he is. A target. Carlos, nobody's arguing with me. I just had a friend in my ear ask me where you were from. That's all. (laughs) But isn't it Carlos that said that he really doesn't think Ohio State should even be in the top five? No, I didn't say that. Okay. that I I said like Ohio State. I mean, I said like Georgia, they haven't been dominating people, you know, this year, but they, they have been winning handedly. Okay. Okay. Not okay, Larry. My apologies. What about Larry? What you know, about you in the slow season? OSU. What you got for us? Listen, Will hit it on the head. Uh, they were out. You know, yeah. Maryland outplayed them in that first half. Yeah. Until the clock management issue at the end, and I think that came back. That kind of swung the momentum there. But in the first half, they had Marvin. You know, they were double teaming him. He couldn't get loose. Uh, and on the catches that he made, it wasn't leading to anything. Um, I thought that they outplayed them. Uh, and then in the second half, again, when you throw an interception and you have to play a perfect game against the Ohio State, you can't afford to make those uh, um, those errors. So 
much closer game than, than, again, the score would suggest. I was not impressed with Ohio State once again. Okay. Princess, the slow skis in Ohio State. <laughs> Quit calling that. Fear the turtle. Fear the turtle. Um, I agree with Larry and everybody else is on here, including Will Harris, is that this was closer than the score indicated, and I thought yeah. that Maryland – I really wanted to, to watch this game. Maryland outplayed them, especially in that first half. But if you're going to be, beat a program that's used to winning and even looking bad in winning and you're trying to get there, you're going to have to be mistake-free. And I, I, they, they were not. So um, it ended up like we thought. Okay, Tim. Yeah, I would agree. I, I, I thought Maryland outplayed them for three quarters, quite honestly. It was the fourth quarter that Ohio State took over the game. Um, but you, like everybody else said, you can't make mistake, makes mistakes against a good ball club, and you certainly can't do it at their place. Like, you know, Ohio Stadium is a pretty imposing uh, venue. Um, I was I was shocked, though, uh, that Maryland played as well as they, they did. I, I think I said last week, I've seen them do this before, get off to these four and five and those starts, and then they run into a Penn State and get boat raced, or they run into an Ohio State or a Michigan and get boat raced. Um, they play well. They play well. Okay. I'm going to stay with you, Tim. Oklahoma and Texas. I was surprised at that one, too. I thought uh, I thought it would be a good game, but I, I, I fully expected Texas to prevail in that one. Um, great ball game, though. Competitive rivalry game. Um, really good ball game. All right, Doc. Yeah, I agree. This is a good game. I think I mentioned last week that uh, Oklahoma was playing for revenge. Um, so I, I think they're they're doing a good job of mixing, you know, the best of the offenses they had when Lincoln Riley was there um, with Gabriel and, and then incorporating the defensive principles of, of uh, Venables. So and I think Oklahoma is definitely a team to look out for, but it was a good game. Okay, uh Will, uh, you watched the Oklahoma and Texas game. Gabriel looked like Gabriel of old, looked like Gabriel of uh, UCF. Yeah, he had a great game. I'm, I'm nice to see Oklahoma coming together with uh, Venable being a defensive guy coming from Clemson, now being able to get something out of his offense. So you're starting to see them become more of a complete team. But, I mean, look at this game. Wild start. He had a couple of turnovers, block punts. And when it got settled in, it turned out to be one of the better games of the weekend, I thought. Gabriel played well, made plays when he needed to, especially at the end of the game. Uh, Ewers, you know, he had he was up and down, but still didn't play that bad. I thought he made up for it. But overall, good game. That's what you expect from that rivalry. Uh, Larry? I thought it was the, the, the best game of the weekend. Um, you know, that was one of my favorite rivalries growing up, and to see them play that again, you could tell that they, you know, that meant something to them. And I think that's the, some of the things with this, the way we're, you know, changing conferences. So uh, to see Oklahoma, and I picked Oklahoma also, to, to win that game. Um, and, again, Uris probably didn't win that game for him at the end as much as Dylan did. Um, but that was a back-and-forth slugfest. Uh, but it was like a backyard rivalry, uh, and, and it absolutely played that way. So see Oklahoma pull that out and jump back into national prominence. Okay. Carlos. Well, this was good to see. I mean, it was like a throwback game, instant classic. It was, it was, it was this great football, you know, back and forth, 
I thought Texas was going to win. They looked big, strong, and fast against Alabama. And to be honest, I hadn't really seen a lot of Oklahoma. But, you know, the Gabriel kid who I remember, he um, he made some plays at the end. You know, that, that pass in the corner looked like he had to jump up to find the receiver. But he did it. And uh, the Oklahoma prevailed. But, you know, great game. Um like you said, Oklahoma is back in national prominence. Uh, we'll have to see how it plays out, though. I, but I, I still like that Texas team. Okay, uh, Precious. Oklahoma lost forty-nine to nothing last year. It was good to see them get some revenge. I was surprised though that Texas didn't win this game, and surprised that Dylan Gabriel. I thought he outplayed Ewers um, for the most part. And they got the ball back with a minute and 44 seconds to go and got a touchdown to win the game. Left Texas maybe 14, 15 seconds. Um, so congratulations to Venables. Um, you know, I, I think that's a good riding of the ship to come out and be undefeated. Beat Texas in the, in the rivalry and, you know, um, get revenge on a 49 to nothing game last year. Okay, stand right with you, Precious. Uh, Notre Dame, Louisville. Yeah, you know, I think we all kind of said that we thought this would be a close game and that we had all had appreciation for Louisville and how fast they play and how well they have looked. Um, and I think it was Carlos who said that, um, someone said that, you know, um, Louisville's defense made Sam Hartman or exposed him a little bit. This was not a good game for Notre Dame or Marcus Freeman, Coach Freeman. Um, and I think this is Brian Brom, who is the head coach of Louisville, who was the former um, quarterback at one point in the, in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to them. They are undefeated. Uh, Tim? Yeah, I was uh, I was expecting – you know, I've seen Louisville play twice this year, and I thought they were a pretty good team. But I was um, expecting them to play well for maybe two quarters or two and a half quarters, and then Notre Dame yeah. to sort of blow their doors off in the in the last quarter. Really impressed. Really impressed. Uh, and um, while I was expecting Notre Dame to sort of climb slowly back into the national uh, championship picture, I think they're done. You can stick a fork in them. I will. Yeah, two losses. Yeah, I thought it was um with uh Louisville, the running back, I thought had a great game. I mean they able to run the ball on Notre Dame at will. I thought Sam Hartman got kinda of taken up for the first time this year. But um and their defense came in and played well, but yeah, I just think Louisville showed there for real. I thought they were you know, they had a struggle against NC State. I think it was last week. They only won by three points. But, you know, they came out on their home field, took care of business, ran the ball well, played good defense. I mean, that's the recipe for success just right there. Doc? Yeah, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Louisville because I think they're a good team. But I think those three tough games in a row kind of caught up with Notre Dame. It's I guess it's kind of like the SEC teams say for years that, you know, back-to-back games – um, you know, with strong opponents kind of take a toll on the team. Um, but the atmosphere in Louisville, it looked electric. So um, I don't know how many times that I got to watch team uh, fans rush the field, but I, I guess that's just a thing now. I, I learn. 
you know, I've been, you, I've been rooting for my boy Freeman and what's going on down there, but as I watch him this entire year, I don't see a heck of a lot of explosiveness on that team. Like athletes that, you know, you know, stick out to you, somebody who could take over at times when you need them. Um, Louisville happened to have, you know, again, I think uh, Will mentioned, running back Jordan, you know, control the, control the tempo of the game, you know, with two TDs. And then they had a wide receiver, you know, who did the same in almost 100 yards also. Um, I think that Notre Dame is probably a few athletes away. They, I, I don't know if it's athletic. I don't know if it's the offense or defense that they're running. But they just do not look like a top-10 team yet. And I know somebody just mentioned maybe it's the back-to-back-to-back. They've been looking like this to me, you know, the entire year. And a good teams find ways to win those back-to-back-to-back there to be a little more competitive. So, yeah, somewhat disappointed, but I think uh, somebody else said stick a, sense, stick a fork in them. They're done. And I hope that they can manage not to fall off the rest of the season and, and just lose faith. I hope that they play well the rest of the season, but I think they're done. Okay, Carla. see this week. Yeah. Um, Louisville played outstanding. I mean, they just – their defense was fast, strong. The pressure they put on Hartman we hadn't seen all year, as, as it's been stated. Um, I think, like I said earlier, I think Sam Hartman was exposed in some ways. I think the speed of the secondary got to him a little bit also because, you know, he, made, he had three interceptions. So I think overall it just – it just was a little much. Um, on the other side of the ball, Notre Dame, you know, I think as a as a show, we, we all are pulling for Coach Freeman. But, you know, I have to be honest, and I'd say there were some questionable calls that I didn't really know in certain circumstances why he was doing certain things. So I think that doesn't help Notre Dame either. And the fact that they are, I would say, four to five athletes away from really being competitive offensively and defensively, that's where, like, team speed comes into play on both sides of the ball. So Louisville able to run the ball, control the clock, control the game, and that's what it showed. That's why they prevailed. Okay. Uh, Tim, you want to take uh, the game 14 and the pro stuff? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, this week's games, uh, you've got Missouri uh, coming off a heartbreaking close loss at home um, that they probably should have won, a game they should have won. And then Kentucky just getting just dominated by, uh, by Georgia. Uh, Will Harris, what are you thinking about this week, that matchup? Yeah, you're two promising teams heading into the week, and they kind of, you know, took two steps back uh, this past week. Um, I thought uh, Kentucky came off a big win against uh, Florida, and they lay an egg, obviously, against Georgia. But I think I'm going to go with uh, Missouri here. I think they'll bounce back from that uh, defeat they just had. They just seem like the better team right now. Okay, Carlos, what are you thinking? Uh, Both coming off a loss, uh, one uh, fairly impressive performance, close loss, the other one just getting destroyed. Yeah, I um, I don't really go opposite will, but I'm gonna go with Kentucky here. I like their running game. I like their running back. I know Missouri always plays tough D, but um, I was actually pulling for this Kentucky team. I haven't. I can't remember the last time I saw a good Kentucky football team. So 
I think Kentucky can can rebound from this. Okay, Doc Basil, what do you what do you think in Kentucky and Missouri? Yeah, like Will said, I know it's disappointing for Missouri, but you know Kentucky got they just got drubbed last week against Georgia, and I think they'll be eager to get back on the field, um, especially playing at home. So I, I think Stoops is going to get them ready to go, and um, I think they'll take it take it home in Lexington. Okay, Princess, uh, Kentucky got dragged up and down the field all, all day. Missouri played well. What are you thinking? I, I think Kentucky being at home, and um, I think they'll look get better against Missouri um, and, and want to, you know, right the ship after that Georgia loss. I think they were 5-0 and headed into Georgia, so I'm going to take Kentucky at home. Okay, Doug, what are you thinking, Kentucky and uh, Missouri? I'm going to have to go with my man, Will. I, I I agree. I think Missouri right now might have the better team. They played very, very well. And and we, we know Kentucky didn't play well, but it's just something about Missouri that I like offensively and defensively. Well, you know, Missouri played Georgia better than anybody last year. Uh, they, they really almost beat them at home. Um, so uh, maybe they're building something. Uh, Larry Tisdale, what are you thinking, uh, Missouri and Kentucky? You know, I didn't get a chance to really see the, the Missouri game. Saw some of the highlights. Um, I did see what happened to Kentucky. Uh, I'm still on the Kentucky bandwagon, though. Um, I like the way they're, you know, team together. I think they've over the past five, ten years, they've been building a program, uh, and they're right on the cusp. I think they bounced back after this. I think that was a disappointment. They came out flat. You can't come out flat against a team like that. They will, you know, steamroll you as they did. But I'd like them coming into this game. Okay, let me stay with you, Larry. Yeah. Yeah, Let me stay with you. Uh, We've been waiting on this one uh, Mm -hmm. since the beginning of the year, since the first week at least, since we saw the kind of teams that are playing in the Pac-12. Washington, who I think is probably playing as well as anybody in the country, and Oregon, who uh, just (laughs) dominated uh, Colorado in ways that nobody else has. Uh, What are you thinking about that game? I love Pennant. Um, you know, one of probably the front most consistent player uh, this this season, other than uh, wide receiver over in Ohio State, Marvin. Um, I love what he does. I love how he moves the football. He has an NFL arm um, and he's mobile enough. I like what they're doing. I did watch Oregon a little early in the season, but I think that this is the year where you know you have these pivotal games and you do a flip flop. So I like uh, his leadership. Um, especially with everybody else in the nation playing a little inconsistently uh, for the Heisman run, this is his show to, you know, be on the scene on a national level. So I like, I like Washington. Uh, Doc, um, uh, Larry likes uh, Pennix out of Washington. What are you thinking? They got they got the Oregon Ducks coming. Yeah, I like Pennix as well. I mean, he's got those four receivers he can sling it through, sling it to rather. And you know, Oregon has played well. You no know, doubt about that. Um, but, you know, I guess maybe I put too much of it. I'm a big proponent of home field, and I think that uh, the home field advantage of Washington will help them prevail. Carlos, what do you think of Washington and Oregon? Well, big game. Big game. Solid yeah. teams. Um, tough. Good quarterbacks. Um, I'm going Oregon. I'm going Oregon with the upset being away. Um that's it. 
Okay. Will Harris, uh, Carlos likes uh, Oregon at Washington, uh, one of the loudest college stadiums in the country. What are you thinking? Yeah, I've been back and forth on this one. I mean, I like, uh, I'm a big fan of Penix. I think he's in right in the mix of the Heisman race. But Oregon's defense has really stepped up and played well this year. I mean, they run the ball really well. That's, the, that's exactly what you want when you're going on a tough road game like this. But I, my gut just says go with uh, Penix. I think he's having a great year. We'll get the big win this week. Duck, uh, what do you think in Washington, Oregon? Well, I, I want to know what speech, uh, before I pick, I want to know what speech Landon is giving this week. Uh, <laughs> will he give the Colorado speech or will he give, you know, the Utah speech? I, I just don't know. So I'm going with Washington. Okay. Princess, what are you thinking, uh, Washington and Oregon? I think Duck sounds a little petty like me. Um, I, I want to see – I think I want to see Penix <laughs> win this one. I, I like Washington. This is a good game um, coming up. And, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Washington. Okay, let me stay with you. Uh, uh, Mac Brown looks like he's doing a little something down in North Carolina special, or he's at least building it. And uh, Miami, we talked about earlier, just the bonehead play at the end of the day after they, they had the game won. Yeah. Uh, what are you thinking this week? I think Mac Brown is a better coach than Cristobal, and I'm going to go with with North Carolina. Uh, Will Harris, what do you think? North Carolina and Miami. Yeah, I don't see Miami recovering from that. That's going to that's going to play devastate you for your whole season. I think North Carolina has a better coach, better quarterback, and they're playing at home. So I'll go with UNC in this one. Uh, Carlos, what do you think in North Carolina and Miami? I'm going Carolina. Um, this Cristobal guy, I've never really been that big a fan of his anyway. He made the same bonehead mistakes at Oregon before. Um, and Carolina home, they're playing well. Their offense is potent. Their defense is playing better. So I'm going with Carolina. Doc Basil, what do you think? In North Carolina undefeated going against Miami, who should be undefeated. Yeah, I agree with everyone as far as Miami trying to recover from that collapse um, last week, and and UNC has been playing well, and you know Drake May, Drake May is cooking lately, and I think it gives the Tar Heels the advantage at home. So give me the Tar Heels, UNC. Larry Tisdale, UNC and Miami. You know, as everybody's mentioned, they 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 hold a trifecta right now. You know, better coach from back. Drake May is playing in that home. After the collapse from uh, Miami, I like them at home. I think they pull this one away. Duck, what are you thinking, UNC and Miami? Hey, I'm going UNC. They got that receiver back, too, but UNC all the way. Princess, what are you thinking, North Carolina and Miami? I I picked Matt Jones, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, let me stay with you. Uh, USC and Notre Dame. Notre Dame's looked great in spots, um, but they've folded down the stretch uh, in a couple of big games this year. USC doesn't play any defense. What are you thinking? That's a big rivalry game. Too. That's a big rivalry game. I have a hard time with pronouncing that. I'm not impressed with USC. Some have had them in the top ten, top five, but their defense – it's going to let you back in the game. And I, I think I don't think Notre Dame is going to lose three games and two in a row. I'm going to pick Notre Dame in this one. Okay, Doc Basil, what do you think in USC and Notre Dame? 
You know, before last week, I was maybe leaning towards USC, but as Prentice has mentioned, their defense is just is awful. But I guess we should be surprised. That's that's how Lincoln Riley rolls. Um, so I think Hartman, I think they'll clean up some things. They'll, they'll you know look at the Louisville film and and hopefully Freeman will get his defense ready for the onslaught of Caleb Williams and the Trojan offense. But I think at home, I think Notre Dame will find a way to win. Carlos, I know you've uh, you've always mentioned uh, you know Pac-12 defenses. You're not really all that impressed with uh, USC. Just barely won this week. What do you think they're going against Notre Dame? Well, you know I, I haven't been the biggest Caleb Williams fan either, but I've been watching him lately, and it's something about him wanting to win, doing different things, running, odd passes, whatever. It just seems like he might have like a, a it factor going on. Um, and Notre Dame seems to be wearing down um, because I think they just lack depth. I think they just don't have enough talent in the in the pool to, to keep up like in the second half. I'm going to go with USC, even though it's uh, at Notre Dame and it is big, but if it becomes a shootout, I think USC wins. Okay, Larry Tisdale, what do you think of USC and Notre Dame, the rivalry? Uh, you know, I talked about it earlier. I'm, I'm not impressed with Notre Dame, and I kind of think uh, this starts the, the real collapse of what happens with Notre Dame. And I understand USC doesn't have a, a, any defense to be seen. I think that they could put up enough points. And, you know, Carlos said, you know, Caleb is, you know, the guy who can ad-lib as good as anybody in the country. I think he goes down there, and, again, this is a pivotal game for him on a national level, and I think they come away with the victory. Okay. Will Harris, did we get your uh, your pick on this one? Not yet, but I'm going to go with uh, USC, I think. Uh, Notre Dame, they got a brutal schedule coming up, brutal stretch of games. I thought the last week was a must-win, but I just think USC, even on the road with Caleb Williams, uh, they're going to win a shootout, I can see. Cub, what do you think of USC and Notre Dame? I'm just thinking USC, you know, much as I like USC, especially growing up, man, I, I just think that they're playing too much with fire. So I'm, I'm going to go with Freeman, and it's, Freeman just got to pull out Golden and his defensive coordinator and just get on the same page. So I'm going I'm going over to Dane. Okay, let me stay with you. Uh, what pro game did you watch this week? I definitely watched the uh, Eagles play. And I, I thought they did a tremendous job running the football. And like Carlos just said earlier, I mean, they, they just they killed the Rams. Uh, uh, the other game I watched, uh, which I shouldn't have watched, and I'm trying to bust you, Stones, Prince, is the 49ers, I, the, the Cowboys need to do something. Mm. Uh, Carlos, what do you think? <laughs> Fellas, what, what, what pro games you watch this week? I watched Pittsburgh and Baltimore, which I thought was a really good game. Um, close game, back and forth, turnovers, big hits on defense. Um, I think the receivers for uh, Lamar Jackson let them down. I mean, they literally dropped three touchdowns, Okay. And so people want to talk about him and what's going on there. He's in the pocket 
He's throwing the ball, and they're not making the plays. He's putting it in their hands. Um, that was an issue. But I, I like Pittsburgh coming back. I like them, uh, and they came out with the win. Um, I also watched the Eagles and the Rams, as has already been stated. Eagles showed dominance in their running game, um, and um, Hertz is getting his passing game together. He used his tight end very well this week, um, and, and that showed they, they dominated the Rams. 49ers-Dallas, I mean, I really think the, the, the Purdy story, Mr. Insignificant, I think that really is one of the best stories in the last 10 years. I mean, to be the last player drafted, to be literally just given a, a shot because you had a decent college career, and and then you end up being 8-1 and one going into your second year in as the starter for the 49ers, like, I, I think it's just a great story for a kid that probably never even thought he would be there himself. Yeah. Um, so the Niners look really tough. Okay. Will Harris, uh, what, do you, what are you thinking with pro game? Yeah, I watched the Chiefs and the Vikings. When you look at Kansas City, they're winning differently this year. I mean, Mahomes is always going to do what Mahomes does. But, I mean, Pacheco, the undrafted free agent running backs, uh, playing really well. So they got a running game to complement them. And their defense has really stepped up, did a good job containing that uh, Vikings offense. Uh, Larry Tisdale, I know you probably watched the uh, San Francisco 49ers, but um, what, what game stood out for you? <laughs> I, I'll save that one, but I did watch the, the Eagles game. And I thought that was, as an Eagle fan, I thought that might have been a, a iffy matchup for us with the wide receivers, especially at the slot position. Um, but our running game kind of dictated it. Jalen Hurts is playing better, but still missing a lot of wide open. I'm not sure if the sideline antics of his receivers has kind of distracted him or not, but um, it was nice to see them win. Uh, I got a okay. chance to see uh, some of the Bears games, and I think Will probably mentioned this a little earlier. Justin Fields looks like he's playing uh, a heck of a lot better. But, you know, I, I, I was talking to my cousin, who's a Cowboy fan, and we sat there, and, you know, if Purdy's the, you know, the topic of the year, and he could be or should be, I don't – the Cowboys need to be right there with them. Um, they are – that was such a disappointing game to watch um, on all facets, offense, defense. Uh, they kind of fell flat. I don't know what they're missing, but they, they seem to be missing something often. And uh, for them to come out and play like that, the, the fan of the – as a Cowboy fan, couldn't have been good. Um, uh, Princess, what, what game could you have watched this weekend? <laughs> you know, I, I'm really disappointed. We we get excited about this every year, and and I think we get to this point of week four, five, six, and I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys, and disappointment comes. And I don't know anymore if Dak Prescott is the answer, but something needs to happen. They put it all on Kellen Moore. He's no longer there. So who um, gets the responsibility now? They look unbeatable in one game, and the next game they look like the Arizona Cardinals and got beat by the Arizona Cardinals. Jalen Hurts in the last 23 games is 22-1, and one, and I don't think they've looked their best all year, but they're undefeated, you know, right. um, and, and, and that's important um, to say. So it's disappointing. Um, I, I watched a little bit of the – the Kansas City Taylor Swifties and, and, and watch Kelsey get hurt and go in the locker room and come back out. 
Um, gosh, what's the what's the basketball player that went into basketball the gym and player. came back the out? Um, Willis Reed. Willis, Willis Reed. Reed did the Willis oh, Reed and today. came back out and caught a touchdown pass. So I, I, I watched that. Um, and th- this is a big deal, and I keep reading it, and I don't want to get too far off, but Philadelphia fans are already telling Taylor Swift, who he says is an acclaimed Philadelphia Eagle, they are really trying to see what she's going to do in this Kansas City-Philadelphia game. So that's the next big game I want to see is what Taylor Swift wears during the Philadelphia Eagles-Kansas City Chiefs don't game. That's it. what I've been relegated don't, to. Um, don't Tell her, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you, do you all are rough. You all don't oh, play listen, up there. They and, really – we have some of the worst fans in the league. They are. They and, love this I, I team, but they're brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you and, said and, that, Larry. Oh, they're rough. Uh, but I, hey, hey, but I also want to – yes, go ahead. No, Tom. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hey, look, you, that's why Simon won't come back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Santa Claus isn't coming back. To that. Yeah, but I do want to make this point that somehow, somewhere in today or yesterday, Tim Moore came up with this wonderful idea and then found the sound clip to Mama's Don't Let Your Babies Go to Be Cowboys, prepared it, talked to me in pre-show twice today, Not a word. <laughs> laughed at my jokes on the thread and said, I love this thread, and still played that dumb behind song, and I really want to curse, but I can't because Rev is watching. So <laughs> watch out, Tim. <Yeah. laughs> okay, uh, and Duck, I'm not turn it over to you, but I watched the uh, the the I watched my Jets uh, against the Broncos. Um, uh, we've got a running back, uh, but our quarterback yeah. is a problem. Um, and then uh, on the San Francisco 49ers, I think. Quite honestly, they are head and shoulders above the rest of the league, except for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and and, uh, and Kansas City always always just spanks uh, San Francisco for some reason or another. So I think they're, they're, they've sort of separated themselves from everybody, those three teams. And uh, it'll be interesting how things uh, shake out. Yeah, my thing is, for instance, if, if, if you don't want a, your quarterback Trade him or let him go or bench him or something. I, I think that's a big problem in, in Denver. Yeah, yeah. All right, Princess, take us out of here. Oh, yeah, I was just talking, and, and, uh, and, and on me. I don't think Jared Jones wants Dak Prescott. You know, I think there's some, some problems there for sure. And then, you know, I, I, again, I question myself as a Cowboys fan with an owner like Jerry Jones, so I, I got a lot of therapy to get through myself. But, gentlemen, <laughs> thank you <laughs> for sure. What, Larry what color Tisdale. bottle does it come in? Say that again? I said, what color oh, bottle what color does your bottle? therapy come in? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the official word on air from Princess Cooper is that I don't drink. Okay? I don't own okay. any red cups. Uh, that's the official <laughs> statement. <laughs> no communion. Tim Moore. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. You know, yeah. <laughs> Duck Riley, Tim Moore, Will Harris, Larry Tisdale, Carlos Bradley, and the late guy Doc Basil. Thank you all oh. for being on. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my new moniker. 
<laughs> we were wondering what you know what part of the country you were in, or if you were even Traveling. in the country. That was um, the question for sure. Larry Tisdale, if you want to talk any more Mel Tucker, let me know. I'll have your own special show, and we can go back Ooh, and boy. back and forth for sure. Right. But she froze. Nice. She was in a, you know she was astonished and surprised. <laughs> but yes, she, 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 she yeah. said she was hypnotized. Please. <laughs> Maybe it went dark. I don't know. The whole thing, it just went dark. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, I got to go because this is turning out not to be good. That's but, right. again, we make mistakes, Larry Tisdale. But, again. You. One's entrapment. <laughs> one's work. not a mistake. <laughs> right. At work. FaceTime, okay? <laughs> That's more than a mistake. That's dumb. Brother, ask Carlos Bradley. He said, there's a way to do it. That's what Carlos Bradley said. It's a way to cover your tracks. (laughs) And he just dropped. I wish he could have heard that part. Never had it so good, guys. Um, See you tomorrow night. All right. You good, fam? Thank you. Enjoy. You're going to get it.